Hey folks, Day One Coach here. In this video, I will share with you a coaching call that I did with a candidate about uh, the Earn Trust Leadership Principle. I think this time the candidate did pretty well. I thought the story was strong, delivery was logical, um, he generally followed the star format. Um, I did have some feedback um, that he could take to improve his delivery, but generally speaking, I thought the example, the example was good. Obviously, um, whether or not it would uh, um, satisfy a specific bar for a uh, a particular level, that is something that's hard to to judge. But it was generally in line with uh, the kind of behaviors that um, um, I would be um, I'd be looking for in candidates when I used to interview. Um, that being said, I think that my biggest piece of feedback, um, uh, the more I listened to the recording, is that I think the story would have been a much stronger example of um, behaviors on insist on the highest standards leadership principle. And that is because generally speaking, um, earn trust. And, and the question here was um, describe a time when you um, needed to influence someone who um, had a different opinion about a shared goal. Um, this is really about being able to build collaborative relationships at work and being, uh, being able to influence direction uh, by listening to someone else who has a different opinion, understanding where they're coming from and effectively packaging your recommendations so that it addresses um, their concerns um, and, and insights. Um, it, it, it's, not, it's not calling for um, public disagreements. Um, it, it's not a have backbone screen commit. Um, it's about you know, your, your everyday ability to build uh, great relationships with folks at work and be able to influence as a leader. I think here, um, the candidate story was mostly about him recognizing that um, the the status quo or the current situation that he found himself in was unacceptable, and there was uh, you know there were a couple of big reasons why why it was unacceptable. I think in the, in this case it was uh, the main reason was productivity, but um, uh, lost productivity uh, would have had a big impact on the rest of the business. So that's something that I I advised the candidate at the very end of the coaching call. But the more um, the more I think about uh, this 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 situation, the more I believe that it is actually a better example of um, insist on the high standards. And as always, if you um, want to prepare yourself um, in the best way possible, um, the best way to do it um, is to really uh, go under the skin of Amazon's leadership principles. Um, and uh, you can do that in many different ways. But the one that I recommend is if you um, take uh, our signature course, uh, which is Amazon Interview Bootcamp, and the link is um, in the description of the video. So without any further delay, um, I give you Earn Trust. Could you give me an example of a time when um, you had to influence someone else's opinion about a shared goal? The, story, the, the situation in this case was, uh, so I was working on this uh, report called in-flight reporting in my, with my previous employer, employer. The employer is one of the biggest textbook publishers in the US. And the in-flight reporting essentially was uh, reporting our in-season numbers since we were in education industry. So there were like those 10 weeks windows where, you know, we had like, we had like most of our revenue. Those 10 week windows were, were crit critical and it was called in-flight when the season was in in-flight. So uh, uh, the situation in hand was that uh, uh, we I, I used to do the WBR for, uh, while while the season was on, uh, basically weekly business reporting, uh, and I, I 
I used to do the WBR and before the situation, uh, uh, everything used to be manual in a way where every, all the numbers, all the data used to be imported in, in Microsoft Excel and then you, we had to apply formulas, et cetera, et cetera, to eventually write a commentary of what happened in the past week, give them insights and send it across to all the major stakeholders, including director of e-commerce, director, director of finance uh, and direct, director of marketing ops. Uh, but as as we were doing that, I realized that the better way or the better approach approach would be uh, that instead of spending ten hours, which was the which was taking a lot out of my week to create the report, what if if I automated the automated the whole report and in a way uh, get all the numbers and possibly uh, have the co contextual commentary in the Tableau dashboard itself. I approached my manager uh, and then although. Um, uh, I approached the manager with, with this with this solution uh, with with the goal that what if we change our manual approach of re reporting these numbers into a more automated approach which can allow us to save like eight to ten hours of my uh, my my work hours and and people will have a more uh, more like a, a direct approach of re reporting the uh, watching or seeing those numbers. My manager had a differing opinion on that in a way where uh, he said that. Uh, Although the automated dashboard would be a great idea, but considering that uh, we were almost like three weeks away from our in-flight reporting that the next season, basically. So, and he kind of knew that uh, automating everything would take a lot of time and a lot of manned resources. Uh, um, but after hearing his opinion, I was in a way able to give him an outline of things that I want to do and how I will, how I will be able to tackle it. So the, the action that I took was I'd already previously interacted with our data engineer on, on how to get the data into a one, one aggregated source because the data was very granular. Um, so I had already interacted with, uh, already interacted with our data engineer in terms of data issues and to change the, change the opinion of my, of my manager, I knew that this would be a concern for him. So uh, I, I went to him uh, with, with a proper uh, action plan. This is what I would be doing. And these are the timeline for those tasks to be completed. And although he wasn't really comfortable, but he kind of trusted me on that. And I was able to convert our reporting from a manual approach to an automated approach. We still sent them a manual email, uh, commentary email of what happened in the week. But instead of me spending eight to 10 hours every week on manually pulling out the numbers and you know calculating and recalculating and aggregating and then sending the, those numbers, my tablet dashboard is, was able to do it automatically. Uh, so so the, the, the result or the, or, the, or the benefit of this uh, project was that it, saved, it allowed me to save a lot of, of eight to 10 hours a week. It allowed also, uh, although uh, my manager had a differing opinion with me, but with the approach that I took and a structured, uh, uh, structured methodology or structured uh, task by task uh, action plan that, that I had, he, he, he became confident and he, was, he allowed me to uh, uh, do the project and, uh, and my, my cross stakeholders, including the names that I mentioned, they were happy about it because instead of them, them seeing the numbers weekly now, with the automated dashboard that I had already built, uh, they were able to see the numbers every day because our data uh, refreshed overnight. So they were able to see the numbers every day. And when you are in flight, when you're doing a when you're doing millions of dollars of business in a day, some some VPs or some directors do want to check those numbers uh, numbers uh, daily. So the short term gain was uh, I was I was able to uh, I was able to save a lot of man hours for myself as well as my team. 
and and overall i think the long term gain or long term gain was that instead of uh, stakeholders coming and cross questioning a lot of questions or requesting ad hoc data pools uh, or or a different cut for the data the dashboard allowed them to do that automatically okay thank you for sharing so let me give you some follow ups so it sounds like you noticed some sort of a process during your weekly business reporting that was resulting in a lot of hours, right? It was some sort of manual report that you guys need to pull. Um, I know that usually all things that are manual and take a long time are a problem, but um, again, that 10 hours per week, um, how big of a deal was it? It essentially was a 25% uh, of my total weekly hours, right? And there were projects uh, which we were we were shorthanded in a way because one of our senior analysts had already left the team uh, right before the season started, so we were short shorthanded. So I had to come up with a with an approach uh, and also with collaborate. I had to come up with the approach uh, to make sure that I kind of free up my time because as much as I wanted to work on the project I, I continued working on the project but i felt that uh, my time can be better utilized in other projects which will allow me to learn more and challenge myself more got it and that makes sense that's fair and so i realized that um your manager who had to approve you working on this project she had some concerns and these concerns were mostly around the time that it would take uh precisely uh, because uh, as i as i mentioned uh, since this was so close to the season because what happens is uh, the one of the thing that uh, you might think why do you why did you decide to do this so close to the season and not let's say <clears throat> before uh, a month or two back right so the the reason i decided because once the season ends we have like two and a half months gap once the season ends, there's like four to six weeks period where we have to do the post-season analysis. So the team is swamped with work that time. So the only window that I had was like four weeks window right before the season started. And and about, I worked on, on this process or the, the task acting task that I mentioned for like a couple of weeks, the resort to data engine, et cetera, to see what the timeline would look like if I had to come up with the request and, uh, uh, and, and then reach out to my manager based on that. Understood. And... Help me understand, please, how did you manage to convince your manager to allow you to run with this? And I know that you mentioned that you've presented exactly the outline of the work that you would do, but um, how did you know that these were the, the arguments or this is the information that your manager needed in order to bring her along? So I have had a similar experience with the same manager before. So there was another short story in a way, uh, another project where everything was in, so we were importing or we were using a Google Analytics data and Tableau dashboard, but there's a limitation in how Tableau and Google connector works, Google Analytics connector works. You can only import like seven dimensions and 10 measures. Uh, and then I, I read a lot about BI and data, data in general. So I saw that Data Studio, which is a Google tool, had no such limitation. And since we were, we were already a Google customer, like uh, we were using their G Suite app, we had Data Studio for free. So I had already previously pitched a similar, pitched a, not a similar idea, but uh, an idea of moving from 
moving our web analytics reporting from Tableau to Data Studio, which was way more accessible. It was free and low cost. Like literally, there was no major cost associated. So I knew the kind of questions or kind of concerns that my manager would have. That is that is how it helped me approach the problem in a way where I I was mentally or I was I was ready to answer anything that she asked. He asked. Sure. It was a he or a she. Just so I'm clear. So he. Um. Okay. Um. But then again, what I'm not very clear on, and maybe a little, just even a little bit concerned about, is that it sounds like the manager was concerned about the timing. And then what I'm hearing from you in terms of what brought him along is the outline of the steps that you're going to take. It doesn't, if I, if I was concerned about the timing, in order for someone to bring me along, um, that someone either needs to convince me that timing is not an issue or um, that someone needs to make me comfortable that the job will be done by the time that it needs to be, it needs doing. Absolutely. So uh, in my in my story, I did narrate uh, in a way where I had a specific action plan. I I made him uh, made him comfortable with the whole process in a way where I still had a buffer before our actual inflat reporting started, and I made him I made sure to to clarify where the bottleneck would be, where I might need his help and how I will get the job done before, before time. Got it. Understood. And so, <clears throat> um, just help me understand the, 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 the results. So sounds like the dashboard was live. Sounds like, um, there was a time saving. Was there anything else? Um, you mentioned that you had, you know, you were hoping to redeploy the save time onto other projects. What were these projects? Uh, not exactly redeploy with other projects. So the way it works was whenever we had inflat reporting. So let's say we always used to deliver our inflat reporting on Monday, and over the over that coming over that week from Monday to Friday, we used to get uh, ad hoc questions on 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 the reporting or the data from from our cross 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 stakeholders. So. I created the report in a way. The long term, the long term, long term achievement or the long term impact was that our number of questions that that used to come every week, which used to be around three to five questions a week, reduced to almost like almost zero to one questions. And those questions were also most often not part of the dashboard. It was just more a case about uh, explaining them when, where to find it. So uh, the short term was me saving time. The long term was VPs and directors. Uh, and the CMOs, because this numbers were numbers were also reported to CMO. CMO. CMO could actually go and use the numbers or see the numbers themselves. I mean, there's no metric-driven number for a CMO accessing the dashboard readily because that's something, I mean, I, I doubt we can quantify it, but I'm pretty sure CMO appreciated the fact that it was live, it was updated every 24 hours, and she did not have to reach out to, to you know our team to get the numbers. Sure. Okay, well, let's let's focus on on the story. Um, so, <clears throat> the question was: um, Tell me about a time when um, you changed someone's opinion, um, or you influenced someone's opinion on a shared goal. Um, and that is what makes the story earns trust, because there are two leadership principles where sometimes uh, demonstration of these leadership principles comes comes to comes down to uh, changing someone else's mind um one of them is have backbone disagree and commit and another one is and trust or and trust 
Um, in untrust, um, the difference is, well, there are a couple of differences, but one of the differences is, is this piece about having a shared goal. Because when you find yourself in a shared goal, um, which is uh, some sort of a shared direction, where to take, um, influencing that direction of where a team needs to go or a business department is about winning people over, building trust, influencing. Hack Backbone Disagreeing Commit is about um, making a powerful stance, sometimes unpopular, unpopular, the obligation to dissent, which is something that's baked into the leadership principle. Um, this one is, is, a, is a interesting situation because it doesn't kind of fall into either spectrum. On the, on the one hand, I couldn't see a shared goal. Um, maybe there was one, but it doesn't look like, I think your goal was to save time. Uh, the shared goal was to improve the overall reporting too, because uh, whenever it's off season, so about that, whenever it's whenever it's off season, uh, one of the goals of the team, one of the goals across the team is uh, how do uh, how do we improve our reporting that we have current and currently in place? Because when it's off season, there's no not a ton of requests coming in from the team members or stakeholders. Right. Well, <clears throat> I, I think then you need to be. Um... I think you need, you need to be more clear about what was the shared goal, because then, you know, if there, if there isn't this element about a shared goal, then there is essentially, you know, it's a story where, um, you know, you, you had one agenda, which is you needed to improve product, productivity and save time and building this dashboard and your manager, um, probably didn't mind that you had this goal, but you know, his, his biggest concern was, uh, timing that you needed to do, you needed to go into something else and do some other reporting. So, uh, so that's something that I wanted to point out. <clears throat> and if you, and again, when you, when you're evaluating your situations, always think about which is your best foot forward. Is this, is, is the, is the most interesting element of the situation about, um, the unpopular stance kind of, you know, the putting the stake in the ground, feeling passionate about something, disagreeing because you think something could be done better or something is about to be done wrong, or is this about influencing and negotiating? So, um, that's the first one. The second one is, is where the main focus of the story should be. So the main focus of the story about influencing people needs to be about the method that you took to influence people. And, um, and this is a delicate one because it's a soft skill, but, um, that's why I was probing you about, uh, you know, it sounds like your manager had a timing concern, but, um, you know, you presented something to him that, and, and they couldn't understand how is it either, um, made the concern go away or it convinced that you could deliver and the, and the person didn't have to worry about anything. I think you, you, you need to be super clear. Um, the main thing that you need to demonstrate is that you took the time to understand the person who you were bringing along. Because if you, and, and it's, you know, I'm hearing this again and again from various different coaching clients, 
um, especially when, you know, in a situation where there was a manager, manager disagreed and, or, you know, or, or the team disagreed or some, some, some other, I don't know, like a group of people disagreed. And I started pummeling them with arguments and explaining why they need to do the things that they need to do. And then once I explained why they all suddenly came on board, that doesn't happen in reality. In reality, well, it can, if you have, you know, you, you can, I, I don't know, you, you can make people do stuff because you're their boss, right? But that's not what we're talking here about, right? Um, in order to bring someone along <clears throat> by influence, um, it's a marketing process. You need to understand, first of all, to de develop the insight, what exactly is the concern? And then using that insight, you have to frame your proposal in such a way that it sells it, that it addresses the concerns. It's basically like marketing stuff to people. You understand, you start with a customer and you work backwards. In this case, your manager is your customer. So, and it doesn't need to be complicated, right? I'm, 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 I'm kind of going on and on about this, not to make it seem complicated, but I'm just trying to import the right mental framework. So, you know, you could have gone uh, along the lines of, so I had a couple of conversations with, with my manager just to understand what exactly were the con these concerns because I didn't see them myself. And apparently the manager was concerned about a couple of specific things. First, second, third. I registered the concerns, then I went back and I started, you know, I wanted to really understand whether I'll be able to deliver and whether I first, I can feel comfortable um, delivering the solution, knowing what the manager was concerned about. And then obviously you need to come up with a statement that says, well, actually, you know, the more I kept thinking about it, the more I, you know, my confidence grew because I can definitely see that by doing one, two, three, four, five, I can deliver this project on the right timings. And so we had, you know, would have enough time to del deliver this other analysis. And so with these considerations in mind, I approached the manager again and I said, look, I know that you're concerned about this. I know you're concerned about that. I know you're concerned about this. Um, I've, you know, really taken the time to think about it and here's why I think we should still do it. And then in the end, the manager might've said, um, oh yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead. Or the manager could have said, do you know what? I don't feel completely good about it, but you know what? I'm going to gamble with you on this. So this is a disagreeing commit moment when the manager disagrees, but takes a gamble and says, you know what? I disagree with you, but I trust you. And I, I, I don't know which one, it doesn't really matter which one happened, right? But the most important thing is taking people with you has to always start with you trying to understand why other people are disagreeing and then framing your solutions to, or your proposal rather, um, in such a way that it sells it to the person who, you know, to whom you're selling with. Does that make sense? Cool. So, um, so that's something that you can, um, that will, that will definitely strengthen the story. And then, um, and, and, and I think that, you know, it's, it's an interesting point that you bring up that, you know, if you, if you've dealt with the stakeholder before and you knew how the stakeholder operates, that's insight, that's valid insight. I think it's something that you should just mention upfront.
and you say, look, you know, I, um, a, I had a chat with this manager to understand their concerns and, you know, because I worked with them before and I know what, you know, what kind of things that they, they're usually concerned about. Turns out that, uh, you know, they were, they were concerned about roughly the same, the same stuff. So I went back, reframed the proposal, handled objections and got to work. Um, and then, um, I think, I think the, uh, you were sort of were factoring in the stakeholders at the end of the situation. I think you need to factor them in throughout the situation or at the beginning, because it feels a bit force fitted at the moment, if I were to be very honest with you. Yeah, I think I did mention uh, the stakeholders uh, whom I was doing this for in a way at the start of the conversation where I was like, we sent this report to director of e-commerce, director of finance, and a couple of other uh, VP level executives, and eventually also to the CMO. Got it. I might have missed it. Yeah, I, I, I Okay. No, I think, I, I don't know if you observed, but I my second up, second answer took the approach based on the feedback that you gave on the first question. Yeah, I, I remember I remember taking, making this mental note, but then that mental note disappeared. Probably that's because it's 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 late during the day, but you're absolutely right. Hopefully you won't be interviewed at 8 p.m. in the evening. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, I think uh, the feedback, I, I, I tried incorporating uh, those feedback as much as I can. Obviously, I cannot change everything that's in my mental right away, but amazing. I mean, the feedback was amazing. I think, uh, I, I, again, if you have any more feedback, please, please, I'm, I'm more than happy to hear those more, those feedbacks again, more. No, I think, I think, I think, um, I think, I think the results here is, um, it's fine. You know, you've, you know, you've, you've built the report. I think, uh, it's kind of the same sort of guidance as to, uh, make it clear make it make it clear what business impact it produced again without inventing stuff right like if you didn't don't have the hard data that's fine um uh, I, I also i think just come think about it if i were to completely nitpick i would think was it was i clear what your goal was and why because um uh, i i i th i think I think what could have been stronger is that before you got into action to start automating, it it probably needed to be something along the lines of there was this the the current status was so bad that I knew we I knew I knew I had to do something. My goal was to I, I had to get these I had to get these ten hours go away. That was my goal. Anything on top of that would be a massive bonus, but success is 10 hours saved. And then at the end of the story, you, you know, happy to report, I saved 10 hours or more. And actually that's, that's the immediate goal. But, you know, as a result of that, I could actually do something else or something better. Just like it's this kind of goal up front, goal needs to go up front before you start acting. And then when you mention the results, the results have to tie into the goal. And that's how you know if you were successful or not. Yep. No, I think uh, uh, I did uh, touch on the goal part a bit. I probably wasn't in the perfect way, but I did mention the short-term goal 
in terms of what I was trying to achieve. It might not have been a shared goal, as you clearly mentioned, but it, it was a goal that helped the team, helped me a lot. And I think I could have made it more clear in a way when you asked me that probing question, like, how, how, did, how did this goal help, right? Like, how did it help you personally? I could have said, uh, since I was swamped with so much work before and one of the senior analysts had already left, I needed to do something to clear up my schedule. And this was one of the approach or the process that I, I knew that I could handle. And that's great. I think, I think, um, yeah. And you did mention that uh, again, you, you mentioned it's baked somewhere in your narrative that it was 10 hours. And I think as, as I said, as I mentioned before, you, you, you can kind of strengthen like why this was, you know, a big deal. Although I don't think anyone's going to challenge the fact that, you know, 10 hours per week spent on, you know, a manual processes, you know, is not worth automating. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that that's not why I'm asking you to kind of think about it. It's I'm asking you to always think about this, the real size of the problem rather than kind of just the, the you know, the intuition behind it. Um, but then I think as you, you know, as you sort of um, paint the picture of um, the solution, kind of, the, you know, the result essentially when you present your results, it should be very always clear in the head of the interviewer, were you successful or not and why? And, and so if the goal was save 10 hours and enable myself to do something else or something better in the end, saved 10 hours or saved 15 hours and actually overachieved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I did try to hit those, uh, those goals and results. Like I tried, started with, instead of giving a brief history about the company and the role, I started with the situation. I think I did half decent job of giving goals out. And then eventually I, at the end, I did give the impact, the, what the short-term impact was and what the long-term impact was. You did probe me around long-term impact. And then I gave, gave those numbers. We had like three to five probing, uh, three to five ad hoc requests every week, which, which again took like three to four hours every week of our time or something like that. So yeah, I think uh, it's, it's more of a, so, I know Amazon has an extremely structured approach of answering questions. Like you have to follow star. I just don't want it to sound like a robotic. Oh, here's a situation. The situation was this. The goal was this. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. Um, uh, please don't. And, and, and by the way, uh, look, I, uh, to be honest, um, I, I, I do not suggest, and, and please don't take this the wrong way. Like don't, 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 there, there's no need to verbalize the headings of the star. No, 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 but, but you, but you can, you can have colloquial, normal spoken transitions and ways to underline important key packs. And, and for example, um, you know, you, you, you can say like, you know, blah, 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 blah. I found myself in a, in a situation where, um, I realized that I was spending 10 hours per week and that, that and that was unacceptable because I had these other things to do. So, so at that point in time, I kind of knew that unless I solve it, um, I just won't be able to do all, all this other stuff. So, so I had to, I had to find, I had to find a way to get these hours, you know, this 10 hours back and I, you know, and, and, and I wanted to do this by automating. So that, that is, that is me following a star format, but be, doing it in a very colloquial way, spoken way without being too formal. So you can do that and that's absolutely fine. So structure and logic doesn't mean that you have to overuse uh, on on kind of yeah, you know exactly. the no, jargon. Exactly. Like if I was an interview, if someone came with the robotic kind of response, I would be pissed in a way. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. No, no need to be. Don't try to be. Yeah, be, be natural. I think you are. You are very natural when you're pre- when you're presenting. Um, you know, and when uh, when I do mention, for example, uh, you know, make make sure that you 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 clarify what your goal is. It doesn't mean that you need to go and say. So my goal was this. You had. You, you can say this. You can say exactly the same stuff by saying. Um, at that time, I like well, I I knew that I had to do it. So you know. I had to I had to find these ten hours somewhere. Boom, that's a goal. That's a goal statement. Yeah. No, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I for sure uh, appreciate the feedback on that. Yeah. Um. The the, the uh, uh, my my last bit of feedback, and this is not a feedback. It's just a side note. I think the story you can also use it for um, insist on the highest standards because you have an element of not being content with the status quo in this mm-hmm. system in in this story. And this is when so insisting in the highest standards is essentially continuous improvement, even in times of success. Mm-hmm. Obsession, complete uh, obsession with continuous improvement. I think this can also go with uh, disagreeing comment, right? In a way, the, yeah, disagreeing comment. If if you know if this was something that was like a big of a deal, and uh, a disagreeing comment is when kind of you know you take a public stance, you know, like you have a team meeting, and you know the manager says we should run this way. And you're like, you know what? No, guys. If you like, just read the definition of the LP, right? It's it, it's the obligation to dissent, right? It's a dissenting opinion. There's the, there's this like uncomfortable and public public element. Not always has to be public, but it's it's that sort of, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the ability and the practice of leaders to stand up for what they passionately believe in, even if it's very uncomfortable. And painful. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's this is the right situation. I think you know it's it's kind of in between earn earn trust and and disagreeing commit, but it's definitely very much. I think it's very much usable um, for. Um, yeah, I mean, insist on the high standards. If I use the stories, let's say in earlier part of the interview, let's say tomorrow I have three interviews, and then on the day after I have two more, like. There are five rounds, right? Five interviews. So if I if I use this tomorrow, I won't be able. In, and on Thursday, the same. If a different person comes and asks question on insisting on high standard, I won't be using the same story again. Yeah, 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 for sure. But um, I I'm I'm just I suppose I am just um, mentioning this to you so that you have the flexibility. But otherwise, it, you know, it's a it's it's a strong story, and uh, I I. Uh, I think you know it definitely should be a part of, uh, you know, it, it's 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 a it's definitely one of those professional experiences that um, you know that you should definitely use in the interview. And I'll leave it up to you to pick which LP you think you show the strongest in the story. 